0: Two inner conflict resolution experts, Corrine Lawrence and Ali Ansel, invite you to join them for a deep and vulnerable conversation about values and how working with values transforms how we see the world. Through conflict resolution, self-inquiry, and practical spirituality, Corrine and Ali help bring clarity to the chaos of life and address why we feel so indecisive, disconnected, and confused about our purpose, and how we can use mindset, skill set, and process to do something about it.
1: topic is uh, values-based leadership. What makes a values-based leader? And there's a lot involved in leadership training and skills and stuff like that. And we're not presenting this as like a, um, this is everything you need to know. These are more like tips. They're more like from the values lens, here are things to consider. So we're going to play around with that a little bit. I do just want to say it's really, it's a big topic and who knows, maybe we'll do like some values-based leadership training and have courses and stuff. I think that would be really cool and relevant. Uh, But we don't have that right now. So these are just like tips, things to keep in mind. Um, There's a big piece here that I, and we've got, we've broken it down into three, three little like tips. But first I want to say, and I want to ask Christina, too, because she's got a lot of leadership roles in her work. And so it could be great to get some examples from her of, of what she's learned about herself. I want to say, though, I think it's important to keep in mind that our values, our values as, as leaders, um, which is what we're going to be talking about, is not the same as our goals as leaders. It's not about who we want to be as leaders as much as it is about who we already are and so getting to know our values around um the aspect of ourself that is a leader is is not a is not always very um like we're not always proud of the values that we have that's a funny thing like I remember when I first created my list of top values, I was like, "And they look so good." And here's what my values are: and I value respect, and I value um, love, and those are my top. Those are in my values. But I also had to admit to myself, like, I value financial security, I value competence um I value belonging these are examples for me and I would rather not <laughs> have to come back to those again and again and again but the fact is they're very important to me whether I like it or not and so um similarly when we're looking at our leadership the the version of us that is a leader it's not necessarily about who do I want to be as a leader although that's fun that's a cool fun part of it but it's also what do I already do When I'm in a leadership situation, when I'm in a a position of authority, when I'm being asked to make a decision on behalf of a group, for example, what do I already do and let ourselves stay there so that we can understand our actions and our feelings and our thoughts that come up current state and then maybe make goals from there if you want. But those values that are underlying our current state are running the show right now. So we really need to get to know what they are. So on that note, um, the three pieces are um, very foundational VBL things. And so we'll maybe go into each of them with examples. We could start with Christina. I'd love to hear from other folks on the line, too, um, to make it a little more relatable. But the three pieces, number one, what I just said, get to know yourself as a leader. I mean, get to know yourself in general, but as a leader. And number two, figure out how what you know about yourself translates to the decisions that you want to make, that decision-making piece. And then number three, figuring out how how to express that or how to express yourself. How do you actually say it and interact with the other people around that? So let's spend some good time in the first one because I honestly think that's the hardest one (laughs) is getting to know yourself. (laughs) and knowing yourself as a leader. So I want to ask you, Christina, can you share with us a little bit about your values and then also your values as a leader and how those might be similar or different? Let's start yeah, with.
2: absolutely. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, I am an executive director. I am um, of an for profit organization. Uh, I lead a team of six employees and two contractors. So it's a fairly small group, uh, which is great. Um, but in terms of uh, my values, um, I do have quite a different uh, palette when it comes to my private, personal values, as well as my professional. And some of them do intertwine. Um, personally, my, one of my top values is authenticity. Um, another one would be uh, connection. Um, love. Love. Uh, whereas professionally speaking, um, authenticity, you know, there has to be a limit, right? You do have to kind of put your personal face aside and uh, as you step into uh, a leadership role, um, but it still comes into play. Um, efficiency is, is one of my top ones as well as collaboration, becoming a leader for myself Um, I I still like to have that personal connection with my employees, right? I'd like to create a a safe space where we can chat about, you know, concerns, successes, um, just having that level of comfortability that if anybody needs to chat about something, they can come to me and we can talk about it openly. Um, I am... I do have a collaborative leadership style. And uh, and so there are lots of times where when we make dis- decisions, um, I know myself, I don't have the technical knowledge that some other employees have. So in order to make a, an educated decision, uh, I like to to ask the opinions of all of my staff. So that way we have all the facts in front of us. Credibility is actually one of my... Uh, other top values when it comes to business, right? I, uh, I pride myself in investigating all of the avenues, uh, you know, get gathering all the information I need in order to make that educated uh, decision. Um, and so by collaborating with employees, I find um, for myself and my personal experiences, it helps with motivating my employees, getting that buy-in, um, into to taking whatever decision is made and running with it. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing that, um, I find is it also builds a level of respect because if, if you're more of a directive leader, depending on the situation, you know, uh, for me, because I have such a small staff, if I was just, you know, um, telling, telling what the decision was without, explaining as to why, uh, not including them, that actually might create hostility uh, in a sense. And as well as uh, a little bit of gap in, in respect. And the reason why I say this, and again, this is just my personal experience, is I'm, I'm fairly young. I began in my leadership roles as an executive director uh, at the age of 27. And I have employees who are older than I am. So by acknowledging uh, you know, the, the fact that uh, some are more seasoned than I am, uh, that I do not hold all that technical knowledge and, and getting everybody to work collaboratively and learning from each other, um, that creates more of that um, room for respect for one another. You know, We know what each other's strengths and what each other's weaknesses are. Um, And then there, we also get to know each other as well, where they know when they can come to me to, to seek advice. And I know when to come to them to seek advice. And I don't hold myself at a higher standard than them. However, they do know that when push comes to shove, and when a decision is made, or if I need something, they will respect me and they will do it, or, you know, without hesitation. You know, I have great staff where they go above and beyond, but it's because we've, re- we've established that, um, that real, that working relationship.
1: Does that answer your question? That was a lot of information. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned a lot of values there too. And at the end there, you weren't saying this word, but it feels like there's something about trust there too.
2: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for pointing that out.
1: Mm. Yeah um yeah trust for like knowing that you can trust your staff and knowing that they can trust you and then I don't you didn't really talk about this but there's always this like internal piece too right knowing can I trust myself in this leadership role that I'm going to be able to do what I need to do here
2: yeah yeah absolutely and uh and even trusting when we're talking about that piece I didn't really touch on this but um there's certain managers who are more micromanaging versus who are a little more to the left. Um, and uh, myself, I, I kind of like to be in the middle, right? I, I like to know what's going on. We do regular check-ins. Again, that collaborative piece, making sure that everybody knows where where they are in the week or what they need to be working on, what are the priorities. Um, And being able to create that distance to allow them to do their work. And as long as they know what they need to do, I can trust that they're gonna get it done. And um, on the flip side, I also am very highly aware of burnout and the realities of burnout in the workplace. So having them uh, trust me enough to come to me and say, I don't have capacity, I need to delegate or I need to give something up, then we can work together uh, and, and find a solution that'll work for
1: not only the organization, but for the employee as well. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And so Christina, I didn't prep you for this question at all, but I'm wondering <laughs> if anything <laughs> comes up for you, um, around shadow values. Um, so, um, shadow values are values that kind of run the show without our knowledge or permission. Um, And the more we know are aware of these values, the better we can get into relationship with them and sort of like give them what they need without them subverting what we want. So um, I know you have an awareness Christina of your shadow values personally, but Mm -hmm. do you have a sense of any shadowy values that you might have while you're in that leadership position? Are they the same or is there something different? Yeah, that's a really good question.
2: I feel like competence is definitely one in my uh, my professional shadow. <laughs> uh, anytime, again, like it, and it kind of goes back to to the age gap, right? Like sometimes you'll get people that'll um, that uh, that will question the decision or or really try and and, and um, push their point. Uh, sometimes you know the. Uh, even though it shouldn't, right? That age gap kind of comes into play as well. Um, <clears throat> and I, by no means, I love it. Like if you disagree with what I'm saying, disagree with my rationale, disagree with the decision, you know, I'm, I'm very curious. And I I'd like to try and see myself as an open book to, to understand it. Um, but that competence piece, you know, it, it, almost that imposter sy- syndrome comes in where you're like, oh, did I make that? decision uh at the right decision did I uh did I say the right things uh could I have done it differently you know there's just all those factors that come into play and um and I don't think you know you could be a well-seasoned uh manager or a leader um and this comes into play you know I've I've had these chats with many other uh Uh, other managers in in the past as well um but yeah just that the questioning of your integrity or questioning of of your decision or you know it it really kind of rattles you and then that that competence piece comes in and uh and um fortunately (laughs) you know there's ways to work through that and I won't get get into that right now but um But yeah, I would say that competence is definitely a shadow rally of mine.
1: Yeah, competence shows up for me too, a lot. And in leadership, I've noticed too, like, um, I'll just share a little example, because it's similar to what you're talking about, Christina. I um, was um, chair of a committee for a while. And uh, (laughs) it was really important to me that, number one, I was seen as a competent leader, But also number two that the committee was seen as really competent and so i found myself over time doing a lot of the work that i I should have instead of been delegating to the people on the committee um because i wanted us to be seen as really effective and really good at what we were doing um but it bit me in the butt because well partly because i was doing more than was my role And although I wanted my team to be really empowered, um, I was sort of like non-verbally messaging to them that I could do it better than they could maybe because I was so willing to like take on the things. Um, And then the other piece is um, I eventually left. I was no longer the chair after a little while and so then the new chair <laughs> had to take on all of these like norms that I had created in the in in the meetings like I built this like minutes structure and agenda structure and like really like was the only one keeping track of the actions from before from previous meeting and the current meeting and so the new chair came in and I basically like left them with pressure to either take on these things that I was doing that I could have delegated to someone else or um, figure out a different way and like message to the group that, okay, now that I'm here, you guys are going to have more work to do or whatever. So um, it was sort of like I, I wanted that competence so much that I bolstered my role so that I seemed really valuable and. Um, but then I left, if I had had better awareness of that competence value, I could have been like, okay, it's very important for me to feel competence in the following ways. How can I get to know that better? And how can I, this is the key question, how can I satisfy this value of competence in ways that are conscious, in ways that I choose? There are many, many ways that I can have this value of competence satisfied for myself consciously, so that these little sneaky ways, like me taking on a bunch of extra work, me being too quick to um, undermine honestly the staff who are really skilled, and um, set this the future chairs up for too much work for the role that it actually is. How can I? How can I reassure myself that I am competent? doing the role that I'm doing and not any more than that. I don't have to do more than my actual job to prove to myself and others that I'm competent. And so, yeah, in future leadership roles, I have that as a lesson, top of mind to like bring that little competence value close, (laughs) as close as I possibly can so that I can watch it and, and, um, and interact with it in a way that I actually want to, because it's going to be there regardless. So I might as well, this is what I mean about admitting where we're at versus keeping with our goals. Um, and having that be, of course, I, I want to um, have competence uh, in, in everything I do and act like I already am and like fake it till you make it and all of those things are great. And I need to let myself admit where I am, and that I'm, I love where I'm at, and I accept it, and it's okay, and, um, and work with what's there instead of trying to hide it and move towards the goal. Um, so yeah, thanks for bringing up that that particular value because I, you and I share that, and I think a lot of people um, can can relate to that particular one
2: yeah, and and I love that you um, that you provided those examples because <clears throat> like with with me feeling that imposter syndrome, um, you know i've I've come to learn that um, when people are, are seeking a decision right away, I know that I need to take time uh, and not provide an answer right off the bat. So I can go back, do my research, ask the people that might have better knowledge than I do, you know, so that I can actually make uh, a bet- the best informed decision that I can make. Um, and of course, when when dime doesn't allow, then, uh, then you have to act right away. But for the most part, a lot of decisions can take time. And so I know that uh, about myself. Mm. Uh, and that really does come into play with that value of competence, because then I can prepare myself much better I can uh, inform myself better and I can you know collaborate if I need to to get to where we need to be so that way when I do make the decision I have the confidence that I am being competent in my role and I can stand by my decision without starting to question myself when somebody does come and, and question me about
1: it yes I love that. You're solid in yourself. And so the external pressures just kind of blow by. It's like what we were talking about at the beginning. Somebody throws a a statement, like a factual statement, whatever, you did a bad job in the last meeting. (laughs) This is like this weird, is that actually true? You're throwing that out like it's a fact, but I think that's about something else. And being able to be clear in that moment is a real skill. Um, yeah, this I I, I want to say too. Um, this is a really big topic, and we're talking about work stuff, but it's it's everything, isn't it? Like, it's if you're a parent, you're in a leader position. If you have any sort of decision making authority, whether it's perceived or real, um, we we have the ability to step into a leader role a lot. Like, I'm starting a I'm starting a book club, and I'm like. <laughs> there's a leadership opportunity here, right? Like there's there's so many different spots. So um, translating that in our minds to what does that mean for me as a leader with my kids, a leader with my, yeah, with my team or with my friend group or whatever, we all have that. A lot of what we're talking about in terms of like how to go through this process, we've been trying to like distill down into a quick little cheat sheet for people because we got multiple courses and this is like kind of gets complicated around we'll use like the head, heart, hands, um, thoughts, feelings, emotions, or thoughts, thoughts, feelings, and actions sort of like framework. We're thinking, how can we, like distill this down to a super high level um, explanation. And so the as far as we've gotten to so far it is, um we're calling it the eight steps to self-inquiry. So I'm going to put that in the chat um because honestly, whenever we internally are working through coaching with somebody or working through coaching with ourselves, or we're weaving through content in a course, we always come back to these eight steps um in a lot more depth than what's on here. But if you're doing a little bit of wondering for yourself and you're thinking, what am I missing here? How what's a like Stephanie was talking about with starting a business, like what's the pushing off point to help me get to know myself better? These eight steps can be helpful um as a as a way in. Yeah. A little like little pieces here and there about leadership. We spent the whole time, I don't know if you noticed, in knowing yourself. <laughs> we didn't talk about how to make a values-based decision, and we didn't talk about expressing yourself in a in a really explicit way. Um, but I kind of figured because the first one is so big, um, and um, I mean we have courses for the second one. Values-based decision making is is yeah a whole course, and then express your, how to express yourself. The values-based assertiveness are are two separate pieces um, that are very similar, regardless of whether we're talking about the leadership lens or something else. So the know yourself piece I think is really the most interesting. Um, I'll just say every year we build a planner, like a day planner that weaves values into our day-to-day life. And we're working on building that for 2024. So if you're interested in having that sort of like daily reminder to weave your values into your decisions and into your daily life, You could check that out, but it's beautiful and we all use it a a ton and it's wonderful to have at the end of the month, like a reflection. So many times I'll get to the end of the month and I'll be like, oh my God, that month sucked. I feel like a, a failure in a couple of ways, but then I go back to my list of values that I've written at the beginning of the month and I realize, oh, I actually have been satisfying these values a ton. So why do I feel like a failure? Oh, it's because there's these external values that aren't actually mine that I haven't been meeting. Right. I don't actually care about those. I care about these. And so it's a really wonderful like rejig. Instead of being like, um, you know, externally, it seems like I should be making more money or it seems like I should be like going on trips more or it seems like I should be going on, like moving my body more or something like that. Like, where did I get the idea that I should be doing these? And then I look at my values and I'm like, oh, meaning was one of them. I had really meaningful conversations or um, competence was one of them. And I have a win maybe where I like got to know my value of competence better and going through with that lens of success um, changes my perspective about how well I'm doing in life. So that's one of the reasons that I love it. Okay, Christina, what else do we have going on? Um, yeah, so I, I like that you, uh, <clears throat>
2: you touched on the other two tips that we are gonna go through today, um, because uh, in light of this, we actually have uh, a course bundle available that uh, has three courses. So we have our Know Your Values. So that would be the, the first topic that we talked about, is getting to know yourself. Um, values-based assertiveness, and uh, that's how to express yourself using those assertive statements. Um, we kind of touched on that a little bit with uh, with Stephanie at the beginning of the meeting here. Uh, and then values-based decision-making as well. So how to make values-based decisions and how to, to hold your ground in your decision now that you've made it based on values of yours. Um, So that's available now on our website. Um, I believe, um, Ali, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's twenty percent discount, right? Yeah, that's right. The bundle makes it twenty percent off. Perfect. Um, So if those interest you, uh, I highly recommend you uh, looking into them. They are all self-paced, so you don't have to get you know block off a whole day just to get it done. Um, You can do it on your own time. We also have podcasts. Um, And so for those of you who were present at last month's Q&A session, um, we talked about diving deeper into sharing circles. So we're going to be releasing that uh, discussion on November 15th and then coming up on December 1st, we have choosing to be child free which is something that i'm really excited to to hear this was Allie and kareen leading this podcast and uh being a mother of two that really piqued my interest (laughs) so i can't wait to listen to that um i we also have and i wanted to touch on this was uh, our private facebook group So we are in the process of trying to build a community where people can chat about their values, base challenges, successes, you know, share stories, um, get tips from each other. Um, So if you are interested to be added to this community, um, it is a private community. So um, just let us know, send us an email or for those of you who are here today, you can just message us through the chat and, and we can send you an invite. But other than that, yeah, thank you, everybody, for showing up today and being vulnerable with us. And I hope uh, everybody had a takeaway, if not more.
0: Thank you for joining Corrine and Ali on a journey to create a decisive, connected and meaningful life. You can start your values journey for free with our values assessment quiz, which will help you choose what values are most present in your life right now or if you're struggling with something and feel a values-based lens from a couple of inner conflict resolution experts may offer some useful insights, you can email us at connect at values-basedliving.com with your question. We might even create a podcast for you around that topic. Click the link in the show notes for more details.